Hello and welcome to Russians with Attitude. What we have witnessed yesterday was confusion, worrying, exhilarating, but fortunately, fortunately, it was resolved in a single day. Wagner troops stopped uh, 200 kilometers from Moscow. Prigozhin has struck some deal and ordered Wagner troops to fall back and go to their military camps. And now it's time to reflect. What was that mutiny all about? How exactly was it neutralized? Will Shaigu still remain in the position of a minister of defense? Are Wagner soldiers happy about their role? What will happen to those who shot down the planes? What are the general implications for Russia's future? We will try to answer all those questions. So let's go back to where we left off, I guess, to yesterday, 6 p.m. There was the most critical moment of the mutiny. Thousands of Wagner troops were marching to Moscow from Lipetsk, and uh, Moscow was preparing for the worst. If they would continue their march, there would have been a lockdown. The bridge across Aka River would probably be blown up. It's quite possible that all communications and the internet would be cut off. Fratricidal carnage was about to ensue. But at 8 p.m. yesterday, the parties have came to an agreement. Minister of Interior was mobilizing its forces and Shaigu has disappeared from the face of the planet. So yes, the sequence of event events was that, yeah, uh, first, there came news that the Wagner convoy had stopped and that nego negotiations were underway. So for a few hours, everything was quiet and there weren't any news really, except, of course, defenses uh, being set up around Moscow, roads being blocked, roads being destroyed, um, roadblocks, checkpoints, etc. Rosgvardia um, deploying to strategic choke points to stop the convoy if need be. And then a bit later, news broke. Um, it actually came from the better Russian government. The better Russian government announced that um, Lukashenko had offered to Putin to facilitate negotiations with Prigozhin. Putin happily invited him to. And these negotiations ended up being successful. And uh, Lukashenko had reached, uh, managed to negotiate the deal between Prigozhin and the Russian government that Prigozhin would, well, we don't know what the deal really entails. We only know one thing, namely that, um, or several things. Um, the first thing we learned was that the Wagner convoy would turn around and Wagner would return to their bases from which they uh, started their mutiny. This was the fact that a deal had been reached was not confirmed by Prigozhin, but <clears throat> Prigozhin uh, posted a voice message stating that Wagner would indeed uh, return to their bases and turn around to convoys, etc., uh, arguing that so far bloodshed had been avoided. He did not want to risk bloodshed inside Russia. 
Then, later in the evening, we learned from Dmitry Peskov, Kremlin spokesman, a few more details about uh, the deal. It involves the criminal case against Prigozhin being dropped and Prigozhin going to Belarus. This can mean a lot of different things, and we don't know for sure. And also, Peskov stated that the Wagner soldiers who did not participate in the mutiny would sign contracts with the Russian MOD and become regular soldiers in the Russian army. And that, in general, no Wagner fighters would be prosecuted for the part they played in the mutiny, um, citing their achievements and their heroic deeds at the front. So what do we know? Well, not very much aside from that. But we can speculate. We can I'm speculate, read, yes. Uh, yeah, a few donations and we will continue. Anonymous sent us. I would like to congratulate Prigozhin on his achievement. His temper tantrum managed to kill more Russians than Khodorkovsky, Navalny, the Russian Volunteer Corps and Pussy Riot combined. Bravo! We don't know exactly. There have been some numbers being floated around uh, aircraft, Russian aircraft being shot down, but most of that has not been confirmed either by the MOD and there is also no visual proof either. What we have visual proof of is one K-52 helicopter being shot down by Wagner. Very quite reliable reports that an Il-20 plane was shot down. And Prigozhin also confirmed that this plane was shot down. And uh, Prigozhin admitted today that it was a mistake to shoot that plane down. That one of the manpads wielding Wagner soldiers just uh, miscalculated the situation and fired at the plane. And that Prigozhin would be paying um, a compensation of 50 million rubles to the families of the that was killed. 50 million rubles is uh, was uh, around 600,000 US dollars. And so these are confirmed. So there were several deaths. There were, although Prigozhin stated that no Wagner blood had been shed in the mutiny, there have been pictures of one, two or three Wagner vehicles being destroyed by uh, Russian aviation. So, so the total casualties are about 30 people or so. Maybe well, less. We don't know 20, exactly. From 20 to yeah. 30. Um, so yes, the time to initiate a coup would have been at the start of the special military operation when things weren't going well. I can't imagine the supporters of Wagner plunging the country into civil war over contracts. Well, the contracts uh, would mean that Wagner doesn't exist anymore. Wagner PMC, but but yes. get this, uh, Wagner PMC is finished now anyway. Well, it won't, it will not exist in Russia. Prigozhin decided to slam the door on his way out and uh, tragically killing. Russian military pilots and the crew of Il and Ka-52. And about Ka-52, 
have Ukrainians managed to shoot any Ka-52s during their counteroffensive? They have not, which is the saddest part about this whole thing. Um, Prigozhin and uh, Wagner inflicted more damage on Russian aviation than um, the Ukrainians during the whole offensive. For very dubious uh, reasons and gains. So, next question. Do you think Prigozhin will go the same way as Hatab? Hatab, the Saudi-Chechen terrorist from the Chechen war times. Yeah, who was poisoned by Russian intelligence services. Everything is possible by this point, but yeah, of course, we, we can only speculate. And we will do that about uh, Prigozhin in Belarus and the role of Lukashenko before the deal deal be between Prigozhin and who? Lukashenko? Putin? Uh, was, who were the two parties in those uh, negotiations officially? Uh, we don't really know. There have been rumors that uh, Dumin was involved in the negotiations, which was, however, later uh, denied with a quite strange message um, that uh, by the Kremlin that Dumin is a, not by the Kremlin, by the Tula regional government, that Dumin is a governor and as such these negotiations were outside of his competence. Funnily enough, this phrase does not include a statement that he did not participate in the negotiations. Which, only is, that. <laughs> which might be the giveaway. Yes. But uh, Dumin is not just your regular governor of Tula region. No. He's uh, was the head of security, Putin's personal security, FSO, and uh, also he... He is the creator. He is the creator of oh, yeah. the rebooted Russian special forces, the SSO. And he is a very venerated personality in Russian special forces circles. Um, Tula is the only city in Russia in which uh, special forces Spetsnaz participate in the Victory Day Parade and also uh, a significant amount of uh, Spetsnaz officers uh, celebrate Spetsnaz Day every year at Dumin's Dacha instead of any of the official celebrations. So he is a quite legendary person in Russian elite military circles. Uh, but a bit more about Dumin later when we go into speculation. So yeah, before the deal um, between Prigozhin and Russian government or Putin himself, a lot of people were worried about our country and what happens next. And uh, meanwhile, our enemies uh, were overjoyed about the prospects of an impending disaster. Well, the mutiny was resolved way better than I thought. Of course, the uh, Russia haters would think that we will be plunged into a civil war for years and the front would break and uh, it didn't happen. And that's the good part. Extreme happenings like this uh, have one tiny benefit. It kind of wakes you, uh, wakes you up. Uh, just look at the amount of content too lazy Ruskis on this channel have pumped out recently um, and uh, it also exposes where your true loyalty is and uh, Wagner troops have received uh, a lot of support from the Russian military from the Russian army but also from enemies of Russia strange bedfellows uh, such uh, oligarchs in exile 
Ходорковский, uh, Russian Crazed, Russian Leaps, Ukrainian Bespeka, and uh, Western media that started calling them at one time, well, some of the outlets, uh, they started calling Wagner troops freedom fighters. And of course, they did <laughs> not care about uh, removing Shaigu and Gerasimov. They were cheerful about uh, bloody infighting that would damage the war effort and cost us thousands of lives. It's clear that the average Wagner soldier that participated in the mutiny did not uh, want uh, Russia to burn. Uh, that's why yesterday's events went, well, all things considered surprisingly bloodless and uh, the march was called off and uh, yeah yeah overall so, we were extremely lucky and um to the dismay of hardliners and enemies of russia and ideological fanatics everywhere and um it's basically close to the best case scenario that could have happened and um so yeah anyone who is um being buttered about uh, no civil war erupting about Wagner not being wiped out with bombs, um, anyone who is buttered about Wagner not storming Moscow and uh, lynching the government uh, is not a friend of Russia. Indeed. Thank you very much, Eugipius, because we will start uh, the Romanov podcast very soon. And the mutiny being over with is very much helpful uh, for us to start working on a historical series and not uh, yes. doom and gloom before monitors every single day. Yeah, shout out to Eugipius. He's a very good Twitter poster, by the way. You should follow him on Twitter. And uh, James Reddy. So are there any other Russians planning on marching on Moscow? Or is it uh, is Prigozhin a one-off? I haven't heard of any as of I yet. don't think um, anyone don't else think has anyone... the capabilities yeah. to do that. What and, I found, uh, yeah, okay, go ahead. I I uh, did not uh, really look at what Westerners were saying like live while events were happening. I was too busy following the actual events, but I read up a bit today, and well, it's a it's both batshit insane and completely what you'd expect. Um, you had like serious experts and and I don't know PhDs and government officials being giddy about Russia imminently falling apart and Putin being lynched and, and civil war erupting and stating this with like absolute confidence as if it had already happened and like they do every single time. And it's just, um, yeah. I also found it um, like a, a particularly delusional take I have seen is that um, this was a demonstration that the Russian army is, is completely useless and that any army in the world can just march yeah. on Moscow within a day. Um, like, who do it's you even have? Uh, situation. Like, like how does your mind even have to work for, for to come up with this take? Like, obviously, it's a difference if, if, if an enemy army marches in or if a troop of beloved war heroes with widespread popular support um, marches on the capital without really like engaging in violence or anything like that is 
this is not even a comparable situation. Like, obviously, no one really would have, or aside from fanatics, I guess, no one would have enjoyed it if uh, the Wagner convoys had been blown to hell with missiles and artillery. It would have been very bad. Like, like, even if you, I do believe that the mutiny was a bad thing, obviously, but it would have been horrible if uh, the Russian military had actually uh, directly engaged them. It would have ended in a blood, in a fratricidal bloodbath, and uh, no Russian should be happy about the possibility of that happening ever. Yeah, of course, uh, at the back of everyone's heads was uh, the idea that the higher ups, Putin himself, will resolve this mutiny by negotiating. And that's why there were no orders to open fire in most of the cases, and uh, half or most of the army was clearly sympathetic to Wagner. Uh, but still, uh, I wonder, have this march, has this march uncovered some deeper issues in our defense uh, of internal cities and highways? I guess there was a bit of chaos in uh, central Russia, because uh, in like, uh, I know that there was quite some panic in Kolomna mm -hmm. and uh, a very hasty evacuation and um, simply because people were afraid that there would be fighting there. Bomb shelters and, and uh, evacuations and so on, emergency services being overwhelmed. Yeah, because Kalomna is, of course, uh, very far from the front lines. It's uh, what, like 600 yeah. kilometers kind of from the nearest fighting. For it. And, um, I really hope that it's not a trial run and that uh, it's it's not a preparation of some sorts. <laughs> and uh, there is a concept of white hat hackers. Um, unlike Russian hackers, those white hats are hired by firms to identify vulnerabilities in the systems in order to help developers fix those gaps, security gaps. So, in a way, uh, I really hope that it was not a white hat or gray hat scenario to uncover some issues in our defense of internal cities and M4 highway. There was no order to shoot at them. Yeah, and interestingly enough, the only um, direct kinetic action taken against Wagner was done by the Air Force and Army, Army Aviation. And even then, in a very limited way. Uh, that is quite interesting, actually. I know that uh, police did have orders to just let them through, to not engage. Rosguardia was actually uh, getting ready for real and uh, were definitely prepared. Of course, no one can uh, tell what would have actually happened if such fighting had started, and thank God we uh, did not find out, and hopefully never will. But um, I know for a fact that those Guardia units were getting ready. Fun fact, again, about uh, the glorious Ahmad. Um, yeah. They did reach uh, the outskirts of Rostov, a few of them were caught by Wagner and disarmed and detained and then let go. And the rest, um, they reached the outskirts of the city. They reached the checkpoints outside of the city, which were manned by Wagner and uh, Russian army conscripts who were kind of just hanging out with Wagner, who were 
theoretically supposed to stop Wagner, but were instead just hanging out in a friendly way with them. Ahmad uh, looked at that and then decided to turn around and leave. <laughs> yeah, chat hates you, Kirill, for not letting me finish my sentence. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was not nothing really important. About the uh, non-lethal ways uh, of obstructing their way, like the Czech uh, hedgehogs or bulwarks, uh, did they do any of that? They did. They did uh, block roads with like, uh, trucks, but uh, we saw... It was not very efficient. No, yeah. no. In Rostov, they tried to block streets with buses, with trolley buses. And uh, I guess in other places they blocked routes with uh, BTRs that would have worked better, I guess. They did also damage some roads, uh, which uh, could have been taken by Wagner, which uh, led to the uh, funny meme about how construction workers uh, had to like destroy the roads and two hours later they had to fix them again because the mutiny was over. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> It would take 12 hours going by car from Rostov-on-Don to Moscow. And they reached it... Uh, well, they have not reached Moscow, I guess. They have reached... What was the final point of the Wagner's incursion? That's not entirely clear. Um, as How far as I can tell, they, they, did, they did not reach the Aka River. And uh, it's possible that the news about Wagner elements reaching Moscow Oblast were uh, premature and they didn't actually get that far. They were still somewhere around Tula, I guess, Rizan, somewhere in that area, Novomoskovsk, somewhere in that area. So when I they will turned around. read uh, your donations and then let's, we will get conspiratorial. Uh, so, all right. Crazy. Sir Be oh man, crazy Sir Begin. Uh, there was a similar event in Serbia in late 90s, early 2000s, when very famous unit that proved itself in the war disobeyed. The main general threatened privately that he will bomb their HQ. It ended, it ended there. Not really familiar with yeah. uh, uh, 90s and 2000s Syrian history political history, so I can't really comment on that. Eric, this just proves that if you had elected Batka as president in the 90s, you would have been much better off. Question, how does this affect Putin's political future and popularity with Russians? Well, they forced all the governors to record a video uh, that they stand with Putin. It was all over the news and uh, yes, after with Putin, yeah. And this uh, was after Putin recorded that statement about uh, the mutiny being the mutineers being traitors and well, stabbing the army in the back. The main the anger was of the Wagners and the people who were sympathetic to Wagner. Anger was directed at Shaigu, of course, which is very handy. So. As always, I don't think that Putin's popularity or reputation has really suffered because it's a, yeah, because a century old trope that the Tsar yeah. just doesn't understand, really understand what's going on and Shaigu and people... The boyars are lying the to him. The boyars are lying and uh, yeah, so Putin is 
pretty all right in the but, way in yeah. in the way putin is the only legitimate politician in russia and he's kind of a sacred figure in russian politics and like no one who is actually like involved in anything resembling power will attack him right so uh, what do you think about batka as the alternative history president of russia from perestroika era uh i am not a huge fan of uh lucas uh, domestic politics and policies i don't think uh... you dislike that he that the belarus lacks the diversity <laughs> <laughs> the <Yeah>. vibrant food <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's the only downside but he's a very good diplomat that i mean oh. this was always clear the way he has been navigating between like russia and the west for decades and uh, the way he has um stayed in power all this time and the way he keeps making himself indispensable to russia He is a very good diplomat. And that he acts is, is as so a senior partner of Russia all the time. And in this case <laughs> as well. Well, it it looks like that way for the audience. Maybe it's not true, but yeah, Lukashenko has solved all of her problems, the mutiny and uh even the sanctions uh, that were imposed on Russia in 2014. Who saved Russia? Well, it was Belarus because they started producing <laughs> exotic fruits and uh, fishes and cheeses. Yes. <laughs> Not producing really, but selling us uh, French cheeses and all that. <laughs> uh, right. Let's finish with donations. Uh, thank you, Dunya, and we will get conspiratorial. Anonymous. Will these events strain relations between Wagner and the Air Force? Well, as I've said, it's highly likely that Wagner will not exist in any form in Russian Federation. As a coherent group, I would mean. Uh, could this lead to a lack of air support for Wagner in the future? Well, <laughs> yes, I think it's too early to theorize about that. In any case, Wagner has their own air force or had their own air force. Um, well, the people are not going anywhere, but Uh, Wagner and Prigozhin is out of the window, and Wagner as yeah. a separate private military or something is also gone. So, yeah, most likely, oh. yeah. All right. So, um, during the search in the one of the offices of uh, Prigozhin, well, one Russian media says there were found uh, gold bars bundles of dollars, white powder, and passports with different names and a photo of Prigozhin. One of them was uh, went viral. Bobrov yeah, Vladimir <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, why not? Uh, <laughs> I would have such a stash too if I were rich, so... <laughs> Who wouldn't? Yeah. I guess. Uh, so, you can uh, never be overprepared. The most interesting thing in this is the Belarusian connection. So let's recall what PMC Wagner was really about. Well, very briefly and uh, not delving deep, too deep. It was created by call sign Wagner, so Utkin, Utkin. And then somehow Prigozhin became its public CEO. And uh, they fought in Donbas, but also they are commonly accused of assassinating the charismatic leaders of the Donbas rebels. 
then they went to Syria and uh, took part in the Syrian war. Then the sledgehammer became their symbol after one famous video recorded in the Syrian desert. In 2020, Belarusian Siloviki have arrested 33 Wagner soldiers in a very bizarre incident. Uh, well, they claimed that Ukrainian SBU tried to lure Wagner troops well, uh, into some trap by hiring them to do a fake security job. Uh, so, do you recall 2020 and the rest? Yes, of yes, I remember that. I, I, it was a very strange situation and I don't think we have ever learned what it was really about. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of funny if you think about it, like in 2020, you have uh, Belarus deporting suspicious Wagner guys to Russia, and in 2023, you have Russia deporting mm -hmm. suspicious Wagner guys to Belarus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So 2023, Prigozhin uh, starts a mutiny march on Moscow. Wagner media empire is mostly gone uh, from on all Russian platforms except for Telegram. Prigozhin strikes a deal and leaves for presumably Belarus, probably alone with uh, some of the high-ranking officers. Most of the common Wagner troops that did participate in the march, as you said, they are probably not gonna be arrested, but who knows, um, we will see about that. I would think that they would interrogate some of them, yeah, especially those the commanders, who are, the commanders, yeah, I yeah. guess who are suspected that they did carry out the crimes the, during their march that led to deaths of Russian pilots. Uh, well, it yeah. would be very weird if they didn't. And it looks like the Prigozhin has single-handedly finished off Wagner. Well, that march did. But it was about to happen anyway, because Russian MOD was very... Uh, well they wanted Wagner to be gone and uh, to troops, uh, the Wagner troops to be incorporated into the Russian army under Ministry of Defense. Uh, what has uh, Prigozhin achieved? We don't know that yet. We don't know yes. that yet. Um, well, we, well, of course, his main... Uh, we don't know what he demanded in those negotiations. We only know his publicly stated goals, which is to remove Shaigu and Gerasimov, the Russian Minister of Defense and uh, Chief of Staff of the Russian Armed Forces from power. That's all we know of his public demands. We don't know what uh, demands he uttered during the negotiations with Lukashenko, and we don't know what concessions were granted to him aside from uh, security guarantees for him and his fighters. But we will get into that a uh, little bit later. Uh, yeah, it just reminds me that I had a Belarusian friend and a while ago he shared with me his idea how Russia can become truly accented, powerful in Eastern Europe and suffer no consequences for it. So his, his plan was for Russia to install a puppet regime in Belarus but the puppet president would not be an obvious Russian sidekick. Uh, in fact, uh, the, he would uh, publicly, publicly cut all ties to Russia, criticize Russian government constantly. And this weird new Belarus, seemingly not allied to Russia, would be disrupting NATO presence in the region, 
in a very underhanded way. And uh, <laughs> if Prigozhin sets his new base in Belarus and uh, continues to critique Russian government from there, and at the same time continue amassing troops and supplies for his fresh new army, well, he could. Uh, it kind of fits this uh, idea. Uh, he could do all sorts of mischief while being safely inside the Belarusian borders, and Russia will face no consequences for it. Several possibilities of uh, what is. I don't think that Prigozhin will be allowed to stay in charge of Wagner. I think that is extremely unlikely, and. Um, well, maybe the new PMC Bulba or something. <laughs> Lukashenko's yeah. personal private army. <laughs> well, who knows? It is possible. Maybe he'll just do media stuff from his dacha in Babruisk. Um, <laughs> Babrov in Babruisk. <laughs> um, so theories. Um, there are a lot of theories about what did actually happen. Uh, so... There is the the psyop theory, which at this point I think we can discount as bullshit, which uh, states that the whole mutiny wasn't real, and it was all staged, and it was all a spectacle. To there are various uh, reasons given. Um, some are saying that it was a honeypot to, to uncover disloyal elements in the government and in the military. Some are saying... Too many of them, I, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I got... Uh, to, yesterday, relatives would come uh, came over to my place and one of them was ranting how Prigozhin is right and he needs to finish the Shegu off. <laughs> I think, uh, well, yeah. I might have been wrong yesterday about yeah. the public support. <laughs> yeah, the other theories are that it was a cover for the redeployment of Wagner. And of course, the Belarus rumors only um, strengthened that. Namely, that uh, basically it's about uh, like Wagner putting Wagner into Belarus for a new offensive in like Chernigov or Sumy or Kiev even or something like that. I don't think that will happen either. Um, in general, I think the there is this QAnon tier uh, segment of of pro Russian people on the internet, who or some Russian people too, who seem to discount every single uh, bad thing that happens in Russia or to Russia as a feint or a psyop or a for DHS. and that is a very stupid way of looking at things i believe uh there is also um a version of events currently being spread around by a few wagner adjacent uh media resources that it was actually a counter coup that mm -hmm. that shoigu and kirasimov were about to start a coup against mm -hmm. putin uh, which i also find to be highly unlikely there is, however, the matter that which I have heard through the grapevine. So, like anything I say like that about like the like uh, politicians' motivations or stuff like that, please take with a grain of salt. I do not uh, insist that it is the truth. It's just what I have heard from people who may or may not have good sources. Good sources on that. 
So I have heard that um, Shaigu's little private war against Wagner, which has been going on for a long time, had not been sanctioned by Putin and that it was basically his own game and uh, that Putin was not a fan of that and that uh, Putin is currently just as mad at Shoigu as he is at Prigozhin. Of course, it, uh, even if the dismissal of Shoigu and Gerasimov or one of them is going to happen, it is probably not going to happen right away because that would look like a sign of weakness, of course, that, that uh, Putin surrendered to Prigozhin and so on. And as such, that uh, if that happens, it will likely um, only happen later, so as to basically make it uh, force uh, Shoigu to resign on his own and stuff. Of course, it might still happen early. Uh, there are a lot of rumors currently going around about that. And um, I have heard from some Russian journalist friends that, that uh, the editors have been, um, have received messages that tomorrow there will be some sort of uh, important announcement from the Russian government and that they should get ready for that. Of course, that could be anything. That could be like, I don't know, reducing taxes on potato imports from Belarus by 0.2% as usual. But it could also mean that tomorrow there will be announced personnel changes in the Ministry of Defense. Peskov did say that um, he did say that personnel changes were not discussed during the negotiations, or he did not directly say that. Uh, news agencies reported it like that: that Peskov said that personnel changes were not discussed in the negotiations. But what he actually said is that personnel changes in the Ministry of Defense are the prerogative of the president of Russia and therefore could hardly be the subject of such negotiations, which is not a hard denial and uh, sounds like uh, Piskov talk for that he has no idea. So, yeah, we will see, I guess, what happens. There are some candidates for the positions of uh, Shaigu and Gerasimov, uh, which uh, have been floated around for a long time. Someone in the chat is asking if I would change the MOD if I could. Uh, yes, I would. Yes, I would. I do think that both Shaigu and Gerasimov should be replaced. And uh, Gerasimov not being as bad as Shaigu, but still not the right person for the job. And the candidates uh, who have been floated around a lot and whom I personally believe to be very good choices would be aforementioned Governor Dumin as Minister of Defense because he is a very good organizer. He is a very good organizer. He has shown himself a very competent governor. Um, he has uh, done a lot for two to, uh, oboists. And, uh, of course, his military achievements, uh, he used to be chief of staff of the Russian ground forces 10 years ago or so, if I remember correctly. Um, so, and of course, he was one of the masterminds behind the Crimea operation and the evacuation of Yanukovych back in the day. And uh, he is more or less the creator of the 
special forces as they exist in their current form in Russia, the SSR. And uh, he is very popular with the army, well respected by the military, and just seems like a sober, no-nonsense type of guy. And it, it actually can happen still because, well, the Russian government does not work on the weekend. And that's yes. why Putin <laughs> has started his march on Saturday because... Yes, it's a well-known... Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so, a well-known fact that from Friday uh, afternoon to, to Monday morning, <laughs> nothing in the Russian government works. It's also why the Ukrainians always do their surprise attacks on Friday because they are... Um, slow to react. So if Shaigu and Gerasimov will be honorably discharged, it will happen on Monday or maybe during the At the earliest, week. yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, too early to say that nothing has changed. Yeah. Yes. Might and still... um, I was about to say the candidate that is uh, floated around a lot for new chief of staff to replace Gerasimov is uh, General Surovikin. And I think, um, of course, we don't know. We don't know if they will be dismissed. We don't know when they will be dismissed. If they will be, we have no idea. Uh, but I think the fact that we have not seen either of them at all since the whole thing started um, could be a hint to the fact that, um, like, if... Uh, from the statements of the Belarusian government, we know that um, for the whole day since morning of the mutiny, uh, the negotiations had started very early. If they were indeed negotiating about Shegu being dismissed all day, it or even reached some kind of consensus on that topic, it would make sense for him not to appear publicly. Otherwise, it really doesn't like the whole thing was about him. Like the one thing he should have done if he was not about, if uh, he insists on staying in place and if uh, Putin would allow him to stay in place would be to sit on a tank and uh, drive towards the Wagner guys and talk to them and uh, like have cameras around and stuff and uh, just go and talk to them. Like uh, Yevkurov and Alexeyev did in the, um, in the Southern Military District HQ in Rostov. Or as uh, in the crazy Serb story about the Serbian general that threatened to bomb the HQ of the rebels. Yeah, but they have disappeared. And as the chat uh, correctly points out, Monday is uh, will be a day off in Moscow. So <laughs> they will not start working until Tuesday, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's a semi day off. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it was supposed to be a day off if if uh, like the mutiny was still going on and stuff. But uh, now it's like in this well, weird gray they, area. If they say that it's no longer a day off, they there would they will get a real mutiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I do know about the universities that they will be uh, distance doing, so doing stuff from home on Monday but uh, exams will still happen. So I, I have a friend who is uh, very angry about that because he has a, an exam he didn't prepare for on Monday and he was hoping that it would be <laughs> it would happen later. <laughs> yes, thank you Siob Khan for your donation. Good to hear from you guys. All is well that ends well. 
Лучше споткнуться, чем упасть. So true. So true, my friend. Uh, we wanted to talk about uh, what's gonna happen to Wagner. So uh, before, before, right after the announcement that there had been successful negotiations with Wagner, before it was confirmed, well, just when we learned that the convoy was turning around, I tweeted that the very best option of what the possible deal that they reached could be would be that Shoigu gets sacked, Prigozhin gets exiled, and Wagner is either reformed into uh, either integrated into the Russian armed forces or just exiled to and sent away to Africa or whatever. And uh, Prigozhin has indeed been exiled. Uh, at least part of Wagner is being integrated into the Russian armed forces. And the only thing that's missing now is the dismissal of Shegu. And then uh, what I personally saw as the best option would be fulfilled. And I think uh, I have a hope that if this actually happens, if Shoigu or Gerasimov or Boris are dismissed, that it will also um, make the Russian government more involved in military bureaucracy decisions and uh, maybe go a bit harder against incompetent generals. We will see about that. Well, uh, the, there was one of the weird theories is that, of course, uh, Putin was uh, trying to fire Shaigu, but he could not do it because of Shaigu's, I don't know, connections or his background as an elite person in the Russian history of Russian Federation. He was one of the founders of the country. Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, close to Yeltsin's family and all that. Shoigu has been uh, a very important person in Russian politics for much longer than Putin has. Yeah, so, yeah. so to fire uh, the, to fire Shoigu, he needs uh, the mutiny, mutiny by Prigozhin, his cook. Well, does this uh, stand at all, this little conspiracy theory? Um, I don't think it's completely impossible. I don't think it's very likely either. The thing is, is that it's very hard to, to, like, we will only, things will become clear, a bit clearer only in retrospect. So when we see how this all pans out, when we see what happens to Prigozhin, when we see what happens to Wagner, when we see what happens to Shegu, uh, then we might have a better idea of what actually happened in that coup. Because every coup in history ever has been surrounded by a 10 feet thick wall of lies and um, guilt being shuffled around and uh, everything. And it's just impossible to have a really clear picture. Um, maybe uh, in a month or so we will be able to know more. But as for now, the real motivations and the real events, it's uh, difficult. Yeah, crazy syrup again regarding Shaigu's lack of reaction. I think he doesn't consider Prigo to be his level. I would be surprised if he sacked in this way, short of the possibility that Putin hates Shaigu and wants him gone. Well, yeah, it's all up to Putin in the end. But Putin is famous for not firing the old timers, his personal friends, and uh, well, it is believed that they were or are personal friends. Anonymous. Zelensky threatened to blow up 
Zaporozhian power plant, nuclear, nuclear power plant, the day before the coup. Think it might have been a response to distract him and avoid a larger catastrophe. So Zelensky was trying to blow up the power plant and uh, the mutiny was here to distract Zelensky and avoid a larger catastrophe. I don't think it has much to do with Zelensky, probably. Yeah. Ukrainians uh, seemed uh, just as surprised as any others. That's true enough. But uh, yeah, actually what happened yesterday and today on the front lines that we have not yet discussed? Any changes? Not really. Not really. The front line is still very stable right now. Um, there has been some AFU activity on the left bank of the Dnieper, um, as but that's not a very new thing either. It happens occasionally. I think uh, on the like direct opposite side of Kherson around Aleshke, but they constantly do that, and now it's uh, a bit easier, I guess. Just GRGs, but nothing um, so far, I believe. We'll see. Other than that, not really, no, no real changes on the front lines. Yeah, so we will update you if anything important happens with uh, when we know of Prigozhin's whereabouts, his new activity in Belarus, or Shaigu's position in MOD. But as things stand right now, I can f start finally working on releasing the first episode of our great series about Ivan Grozny. That will be an interesting one, so stay very tuned. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what we wanted to talk about. Yeah, I guess so. I need... So, yeah, we will not waste your time and blubber about nothing for two hours. So thank you for listening and see you very soon.